Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to start with verse 8. Have you enjoyed the worship this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. I have to excuse my voice this morning. still a little bit raspy. We're going to make it. Amen. While you're finding Luke chapter 2 and and verse 8, you can go ahead and stand with us as we honor the reading of God's Word. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Father, we thank you today for your word. Thank you that the power of your word will penetrate our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can take your seat. Now we use this same passage of scripture this past Wednesday night to talk about when the angels made the announcement to the shepherds and as they made the announcement, the Bible says that a multitude of the heavenly host joined them in praising and giving glory to God. And we talked about there were myriads probably and upon myriads of angels that join that worship. The book of Revelation says that there's a time when Jesus, the Son of God, is going to stand and open the seals of a book. And, and when he is found, uh, the one uh, is, fi- is found to open the seals, that's worthy to loose the seals of the book. The Bible says there's a host of heaven that begins to sing and worship. And there it talks about myriad upon myriad, thousands upon thousands of angels that join in the course of singing and giving glory and worship to God. Get used to it down here, friend, and you won't be surprised when you get to heaven when they start to sing. Amen? But today, I said this last Wednesday night, uh, If you come on Wednesday night, we're going to be, for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, Christmas carols and uh, and tying them in 
to Scripture. On Sunday morning, we're going to be preaching on words of the season, words that are used during the Christmas season. Last week, we talked about hope, and we talked about having a living hope, that Jesus is our living hope. This morning, I want to share with you for just a few minutes on the word peace. Uh, notice that the angels uh, said uh, in verse 14 of Luke chapter 2, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Now, during this season, we use the word hope and we use the word peace a lot. But we use that with our minds out of gear because many of us uh, today when we use the word peace on earth or say peace on earth, we don't really have peace inside of us. And, and we don't really know how it feels to experience peace. So I want to share with you this morning uh, some things about peace. I want to cover three areas. The first one I want to cover is how to find peace. The second one is how to obtain peace. And the third one is how to maintain peace when you find it. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8 and verse 11, God uh, talking to a backslidden nation, Jeremiah prophesying to them, said these words, for they have healed the hurt of my daughter slightly, saying, peace, peace. When there is no peace. And then on down in verse 22, Jeremiah prophesies, continues to prophesy, and says this, or asks the question, is there no bomb in Gilead? Why then is the daughter, the hurt of the daughter of my people healed so very slightly? In a time of backslidden minds and hearts, God said through Jeremiah, there are people that are crying peace, peace, when there is no peace. Jesus, when he came, the angels said, uh, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. That was the declaration that the angels uh, declared at the, when Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Uh, beginning with verse 6, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Somebody say Prince of Peace. Listen. Those few scriptures tell us that Jesus, one of his, uh, his name, what he was going to be known by was going to be wonderful. He was going to be wonderful. He was going to be known as a mighty counselor. He was going to be known as the mighty God. And he also was going to be known as the prince of peace. And the Bible says of the increase of his government and peace, there would be no end. Now we learn from that that Jesus would establish a kingdom and a government on earth under which there would be peace, justice, and righteousness. 
if Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he was born in a little town of Bethlehem in a manger and he was hailed as peace, as he was hailed as Counselor and Mighty God, then why in the world, Pastor, am I not experiencing the peace that was said by the angels that I would have? Why in the world are we living in a chaotic world today? If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, then where is all the peace? Were the angels wrong in what they said that night to the shepherds in, uh, out in the fields uh, outside of Bethlehem when they said this man is going to be known by peace? Was Isaiah wrong when he prophesied around 500 years earlier uh, uh, that Jesus would be born and that he would be called the Prince of Peace? Some people have said that was wrong because peace has never existed. But I want to tell I want to beg to differ this morning. Because listen, you got to understand that 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 the only way that you or I will ever have peace, we will not find peace in a program. You will not find peace by joining a church somewhere. You will not find peace by putting your name on a membership card. You will not find peace by, by doing all of those things. The only way that you will find peace is to understand that peace is a man. Listen, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 12, the angel said to the shepherds, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Ephesians Chapter 2 and verse 13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. He is our peace who hath made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Listen, we're living in a culture today where people desperately need peace. If I were to ask you this morning to raise your hand, if you need peace in your life, probably everyone in here would raise their hand because there's an area somewhere in your life that is turmoil, it is struggle, it is pain, it is hurt, it is disappointments and discouragements, and you long to have peace. Perhaps there are even those of you that are in here this morning and you are not born again and you've been searching to find peace. You've tried to find peace in relationships, but relationships have only led to heartbreak. You've tried to find peace in programs, but programs have left you empty and void of peace. You've tried to find peace by getting around a bunch of people, but you can be around a bunch of people and still be lonely and without peace. And so peace has escaped your grasp. And more than that this morning, perhaps there are those of you that are here today and you say, Pastor, I'm a born-again 
blood-washed believer. But peace is something that has evaded me. Peace is something that I had one time, but I've lost it. And I don't understand today that I'm a born-again Christian, but yet I'm living in chaos and struggle and pain in my mind, and I cannot find peace. Listen, there are men uh, and women today that have discovered and found all kind of riches and honor and accolades before men. And those same people will go out and commit suicide. Why? Because they had no peace. There are men and women today that are struggling in their relationships and their marriage. And you say it's my husband's fault or my wife's fault. But listen, it's not their fault. It's your fault because you are absent of peace. I ran across this statement that I kind of doctored up to fit what I wanted it to fit. And it says this, people who are quick to give others a piece, P-I-E-C-E, of their mind usually have no P-E-A-C-E of mind. So we take our struggles out on everybody else and we want to give everybody else a piece of our mind and let them know what they're doing wrong. But but 99% of the time, when we're giving somebody a piece of our mind, we're doing that because there's a struggle on the inside of us, and peace has evaded us. Listen, the only way, ladies and gentlemen, that, that we will ever find peace is when we find the Lord Jesus Christ. Because where Jesus is, Peace abides. Where Christ is not, there can never be no peace. I I find this kind of comical. I was browsing the other day just doing some research, and I came across uh, this particular religion where they, they sit and fold their legs and they hold their fingers out like that and you understand what I'm saying. And, and they sat there, and, and this particular person had blogged this on, online and said, you know, the whole object of that is to sit and empty your mind and clear your mind and empty your mind. That's culture's problem today. is too many people have emptied their mind. And I thought about it. When you empty your mind, if you don't fill it up with something, it'll get filled up. There's no such thing as an empty mind. All right, I'm going I'm to go ahead and leave that. Listen, it is, it is remarkable, and, I, and I, I looked at this the other day, but it's remarkable that according to uh, studies that when Jesus was born, for 33 years he lived on this earth, and according to these studies, during those 33 years, there were no wars and no battles fought according to history. But before Jesus was born, there were wars 
And after he was born, there are still wars. So it would let me come to the place of believing that Jesus, the man, the Savior, is peace. So if I want peace, I've got to find the man. If I want peace, I've got to discover Jesus Christ. And you say, well, pastor, I, I, I can find it somewhere else. Well, go ahead and look. But when you get tired of looking, Jesus will be there waiting because he is the only peace. So if you want to find peace, you've got to find Jesus because peace is a man. The second one I told you that I was wanting to look at today is, is how do I obtain peace? Peace is a relationship. Say that again. Peace is a relationship. Luke 2.15 said, Let us now, the, the shepherds, when they heard the proclamation from the angels, and the angels had gone, the, the shepherds looked at each other and said, Let us now go to Bethlehem that we may find this man, that we may find and see what these angels have been talking about. Listen, in order to obtain peace, which is a man, Christ Jesus, you've got to go where he can be found. He won't be found in a bar somewhere unless you repent of your sins in a bar. He won't be found in a pill bottle or a needle. He won't be found in a joint. He won't be found in a can of Budweiser. He won't be found in, in a bottle of whiskey. But Jesus can only be found by those who are searching for him and looking for him. The shepherds got up and left what they were doing and went to Bethlehem to find this one that the angels had proclaimed that was coming. Listen, the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12 that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Listen, there was a woman one time in the Bible, in the book of Mark, the Bible says she had an issue of blood. And she said uh, she had tried all kind of doctors. She had gone to all kind of physicians and, and tried everything imaginable. But the Bible says she was still sick. But she heard that Jesus was coming by. And she said this, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Listen, if you want to touch Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, it will require you moving from where you are. And I'm not talking about necessarily physically. I'm talking about spiritually. You've got to move from where you are and move to where he is. The Bible says she moved from where she was. She pressed through all of the doubts, all the opposition, all the struggles, and all of the worries about what somebody was going to say about her or think about her. She pressed through that. Why? Because she heard that Jesus was there. Listen, and she understood that in order to get what he's got, I've got to get to where he is. Yes. 
and she touched his garment. And it was done. How do I obtain peace? I've got to pursue peace. Listen, for some, it might be just a change of mind. For some, it might be just a change of heart. For some, it might be uh, that I've just got to get up and make a move toward God. For others, it might be uh, that you might have to cut some people loose out of your life that have been holding you down and holding you back. For others, it might be that you need to you need to change environment in your life. I, I don't know what it might be for you, but I can tell you this much, friend, that he is well worth whatever you have to give up. He is well worth letting it go and obtaining the peace of God that will surpass all of my understanding. Remember this, in order to get what he's got, I've got to get to where he is. And in order to get to where he is, I've got to walk according to what he said to do. I've got to be obedient to the word of God. I can't do it like mama said do it. I can't do it like daddy said do it. I can't do it like the local church says do it necessarily. I've got to do it according to the word of God. And the word of God said, if I will seek him with all of my heart, that he would be found of me. The Bible says this, if I will look to him who is the author and the finisher of my faith, that he would do a work in my life. So I've got to lay down all of my man-made things that have come to hold me back and I've got to pursue him in order to get what he's got. And here's the big one. Because if I were to ask this question this morning, how many of you know what it's like to have peace? Most all of us would, would raise our hands. But how many of you walk in peace? There would be a lot fewer hands raised this morning because peace is hard to hold on to, especially during this time of year. Some studies say that this season that more people are depressed during this season than any other season of the year. I wonder if it's this. I'm just, just wondering. But I wonder if it's because on the outside the season is a season of peace and joy. But on the inside, I don't see that joy. On the inside, I don't feel that peace. Can I tell you something this morning? We judge ourselves by what we see in others. Listen, my wife and kids, all we watch during this December is Hallmark. <laughs> Except on Saturday. On Saturday, there ain't no Hallmark on our TV. We watch football. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
but they watch Hallmark. And, and listen, every one of them are alike. Every one of them are alike. I, 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 can, I can tell you the, the plot, the plan, the outcome, and what it's all going to be like when they first start. Lady in distress, lady depressed, meets a man that she don't like at first, and, and they get to liking each other. They have a cup of coffee, and all of a sudden they're, they're looking goo-goo eyes at each other, and the next thing you know, they're standing under a mistletoe, and they're having a kiss and all that, and the rest is history. It's every one of them. Come on, come on. It's, it's every one of them, but yeah, they, they'll sit there and just... Judy sometimes will look over at me and say, see what he did for her? I I didn't hear that. But you see, we, we... we even watch things like that on TV and we look at the joy and the peace and, and, and you know, it, it never fails that, that it, they can be in short sleeves and short pants and they fall in love and all of a sudden it starts snowing. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, and we sit there and, and we get depressed because we look outside and it's raining and, but, Here's what I want to say. Let me get back to what I wanted to say. We see the joy, and we see how everything lays out just perfect on the movie set. And we judge how we feel by what we've watched, and it brings us into depression. We get around people in church. We come in on Sunday morning, and we meet brother and sister so-and-so. And brother and sister so-and-so have walked in the church on Sunday morning, and, and all you can see is the white grills. They're smiling, and they're holding hands. And he says, don't my wife look good today? I'm talking about me and Judy. But I say, he said, don't my wife look good today? And, and she looks over her husband and said, don't I have such a good-looking man? And And... Here is, here is sister so-and-so standing there shaking their hands and she's seeing and hearing all of that. And she sees that on the outside and she judges herself by what she sees there. She judges what she feels like on the inside. Are you understanding what I'm saying? She looks at that and says, there is joy and happiness and a happy marriage. Look at my life. And she gets depressed. What we don't realize is that that brother and sister smiley face and, and good-looking selves and happy marriage fought all the way to church. And when they closed the door on the car, they put a smile on and walked in the house of God looking all chipper and happy. Because all of us at some point in our life go through struggles and pain and, str- and sorrow in our life. I was talking with uh, my oldest daughter the other day and the, uh, a person that did her hair that she had talked to many, many times the other day. 
She, she said, I, I, Dad, I, I thought that she was happy. We were always talking about our children. We were always talking about our family. And she said, I thought that everything was great in her life. And the other day, after a divorce, her husband shot her in the back of the head, throwed her body out in a field, and went and stood in front of the funeral home and killed himself. And, and, and she was saying, she said, Dad, it blew me away because I thought that everything was good. I thought that everything was fine. And she said, I can't believe that happened. Guys, can I be real with you for a moment? This is the place where you need to be real. Listen, I, and I'm glad you ladies put some makeup on, comb your hair and put some perfume on and all that, and you're looking good. And guys, I'm glad today that you took a bath this morning and, and, and you smell uh, halfway decent and all that. I, I, am, I admire you for that. But listen, don't let your makeup and don't let the clothes that you wear cover up the scars on the inside of you that are causing you pain and sorrow because the house of God is supposed to be the place where we bring our pain we bring our sorrow, we bring our struggles, we bring our wounds and we come into the house of God and we're healed up and fixed up and somebody puts an arm around us that really means and says this, I love you and Jesus loves you more. You see, if you want peace, you've got to recognize that I've got to be real with myself. And I've got to be honest with myself and I've got to quit pretending that everything is okay. I've got to quit trying to paint a pretty picture for everybody around me and recognize that somewhere down the line those things have got to stop and I've got to be honest and I've got to stand up and say, look at this messed up mess. Look at this messed up individual who needed a Savior and I found Jesus Christ and he put me with a family of men and women that would love me and encourage me and stand with me. Listen, I am a trophy of the grace and mercy of God and I am a trophy of one who had no peace until I realized that peace is a relationship with Jesus. Peace is not a doctrine. Peace is not a church. Peace is not a pastor. Peace is not a Sunday school teacher. Peace is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I struggle with depression. I struggle with oppression. I struggle with, with lust and all of that, and I can't have peace. Listen, get in a relationship with Jesus Christ and allow him to do a work in your life and quit pretending that everything is all right. Look at your wife and be honest with her and look at your friends and be honest with them and say, I need a Savior. I need a relationship. Listen, when I say relationship, it's not talking about a Sunday morning commitment. I'm talking about a lifetime commitment of living a life for Jesus Christ. Listen, we're living in a culture today where we hear a message of pardon for my sin without repentance for my failures. 
Everybody wants forgiveness, but very few people want repentance. Maintaining peace. The third one is a walk of faith. Finding peace is finding Jesus. Obtaining peace is coming into relationship with him. Maintaining that peace is a walk of faith. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule. That word rule is a word that simply means in the Greek to act as an umpire. That when anger, envy, and passions arise, that when the peace of God is ruling in your life, that umpire stands up and blows the whistle. That's when the peace of God is ruling in your life. For example, when somebody cuts you off on the highway, when somebody cuts in front of you in line, and you want to give them a a few choice words, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Be an umpire to you. And I want to give you one more thing, and I'm going to close. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, listen, this is the hardest part, maintaining your peace. All right? Maintaining your peace is one of the, one of the places that people struggle with in their walk with God. They get their peace on Sunday morning, and before you get out to your car on Sunday afternoon, you've lost your peace. You shout and jump on Sunday morning, everything's good. Wake up on Monday morning, that peace is gone, and you're right back to square one. Anybody ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand. Listen, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, the Bible says this. And we'll give you, I'm going to give you two good things here that you need to hold on to. He said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry. I think Brother Brian was talking about not worrying this morning. And we heard worrying through in our worship. Don't worry. That's what Paul was saying. Don't worry about anything. I'm going to give you about two seconds to ask God to forgive you because I know everybody in here has worried this week. Isn't that right? But worry for the Christian is a sin because God said don't worry. And when he said don't worry, don't be anxious because when I'm worrying about my situation, I'm not trusting God. When I'm worried about something that I cannot control, I am not trusting God by putting it in his hands. Now listen, 
Verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, real quickly, let me give you this. Verse 6 gives us the plan. Everybody say the plan. When you know the man, you know the plan. Because the man's plan works. That's pretty good. I'll write that down later. Verse 6 gives us the plan. In other words, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. In other words, I bring my need to the Lord. I pray about it. I give it to him in prayer, and I don't get up and start crying and worrying about it anymore, but I get up and start saying, thank you, Lord, that you're going to meet my need. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to take care of this situation. So in everything with thanksgiving, let my request be made known to God. Verse 7 gives us the reward of applying the plan. So you've got to know your plan and work your plan. In this season, guys, know your plan and work your plan. If you want peace, understand that peace is a man, peace is a relationship, and peace is a walk of faith. Even though the Bible talks about us having the peace of God that passes all understanding, our problem is understanding how to hold on to it. Listen, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 is not an elective. It's a command. It's a command. Paul said, be careful for nothing. So that's a command. Now, would God give us a command without giving us the ability to follow what he said? I don't think so. And here's, here's the place, and, and I'm, I'm closing, number two. This is my second closing. <clears throat> here's where we fail to understand about peace with God. Is that we don't understand how to apply the word of God in our lives. You remember, there's a story in the book of Mark chapter 2 about a man that was disabled. Apparently he had the palsy. He was not able to walk. And so he had four friends. It's the reason you need a church body that will be friends to you not fair weather friends but friends but anyway this man had four friends they put this man on a stretcher because Jesus was in the community and they said we're going to get you to where Jesus is they brought this man on a stretcher uh, to where Jesus was and you know the story they couldn't get in the house because there were so many people there so they took him up on the roof of the house, tore the tiles off the house, and they let this man down in front of Jesus. Now, he was not able to do anything for himself. He was not able to get up, according to this story. He was not able to move. He was not able to do anything. 
No doubt there were people that had looked at him and said, well, you just need to take this vitamin. You need to do this. And, but nothing had worked until they let him down in front of Jesus. Just hold that thought. There are many of us today, <clears throat> you are stuck and you can't seem to keep your peace. You can't seem to obtain and hold on to the peace of God, and you're struggling with that. This man struggled with his palsy until he found himself in the presence of Jesus. <clears throat> Listen, Jesus is different from all others. Jesus, when he speaks, his words carry weight. The Bible says in verse 11 that when they let this man before, down before Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, I say unto thee, arise, take up your bed, and go your way into your house. The Bible says that when those words were heard by the hearing of that man with palsy, that immediately he arose and took up his bed and went forth before them all. Listen, how did he do that? He did that because he was empowered by what he heard. He was empowered by the words that came from the lips of a sinless Savior named Jesus. The word that Jesus spoke penetrated his eardrums, and when that word got into his spirit, uh, strength came in his legs, strength came in his arms, and what he had not been able to do for years, he then was able to do it. He picked up his bed, and instead of having to go back out the top, he went out the door. Why? Because he heard the word that Jesus spoke. Listen, when I need peace in my life, and when the enemy has come and robbed me of my peace, I don't need to call the pastor and ask him about it. All I need to do is get in the word of God and allow the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When the word of God gets in my spirit, it will restore that, that the pommel worm and the locust and the canker worm and the take back man and all of that has destroyed So what am I saying? That's the concept of what happens when I'm careful for nothing and I bring everything before the Lord by, with prayer and supplication. And I thank God that when I do that, my prayer has been heard. And then I can stand and say that I know that the peace of God that passes all understanding is on its way. Come on, worship team, will you come? <clears throat> Listen, perhaps you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I'm one of those that peace has escaped me. I get peace for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden I lose my peace. I feel like everything's going to be good. And then the next moment, things have turned around and I've lost my peace. I even read my Bible and get peace and I close my Bible 
and the phone rings and I lose my peace. Can I tell you something this morning? Can I challenge you today to just try something? Understand this, that your peace is a man, Christ Jesus. He's a man. His name is Jesus. And then understand this. That peace is a relationship between him and you and I or me. So if I want to walk in peace, I've got to walk with him. Thirdly, I've got to do that by faith. So you see, when the angel proclaimed peace on earth, goodwill toward men, they were declaring something that has not yet happened. They were declaring that peace on earth will come when Jesus comes back the second time. And all wars will cease. All strife will cease. The Bible says they're going to beat their swords into plowshares. And all of that, the lion's going to lay down with the lamb. That's when Jesus comes back. Right now, in order for me to have peace, I've got to know Jesus. Because I'm surrounded by chaos. I'm surrounded by struggle and depression. But isn't it amazing? Just a couple weeks ago, we were in uh, Tennessee and we were rushing and running to try to get everything set for the wedding and all that. And me and Judy were having to follow up on reservations of cake and chair rentals and things like that. And we we were making plans to do that. And, and Judy... got her license out because she knew she had to have some identification to be able to go in and and confirm those reservations and all that and so she she opened up her uh, little phone case and discovered that she had lost her license so I don't want to allow her to, to carry a credit card but no you know that's a lie, but uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it like it is, you know. But she didn't have her license, and so she began to panic. And she said, "They're they're not gonna let me do anything if I don't have some identification." She said, "My license, I've got to have my license," and she was panicking. And, and peace went out of that caravan. That town and country just left. Peace just left. And I, you know, I was just praying in tongues. I didn't know what to do. You know, I was just, just praying. Judy was panicking. And we stopped somewhere or something and I had to get out and Judy got out and when I got out, I, I looked down by the seat 
in the van. <clears throat> and guess what I found? I found those licenses that had fallen out of that little case. And they were down by the seat. Yeah, God's good. And I took those licenses and just stuck them in my pocket. She was worried and worried and stressed and all that, and we drove a little piece. And she said, I can't, because see, it wasn't long ago that she had lost a debit card. And she said, I lost my debit card, and now I've lost my license. Just don't know what I'm going to do. See, isn't it amazing sometimes when turmoil worry and struggles going on but unbeknownst to us there's no need because what we worried about's already been taken care of see what she was worried about she didn't know that it was sitting about two feet away from her and so finally the conviction got so strong in my heart that I pulled my license out and I handed them to her. See, she had worried for several miles down the road. She didn't really have to worry because I had the license. So the reason I did that was that I knew I was going to preach this message this morning and I was going to need this illustration. So once we got peace restored and and she lost her peace over the license and then she lost her peace because I found the license and didn't tell her. But once we got all that straightened out, peace came back into the into the vehicle. We're so holy, ain't we, baby? We got it all together. But but here's the thing. The Lord spoke to me about that this morning and he said you worry about things that have already been taken care of. You just don't know it. Because you see, when you pray, God hears and God answers. But we keep on worrying about it. So I want to tell you something this morning. You want peace? Find Jesus. Build a relationship with, with Him and walk in faith. And know this, that He loves you and that he's on your side. Would you stand with me, please? <clears throat> Listen, I'm not going to be long. I want them to sing. Just go ahead and start singing low and, and then just go ahead and start. <clears throat> Here's the thing. I want you to be honest with God this morning. And I want every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you will. I don't want anybody looking around. Now, listen, if you've got to go to the bathroom real bad, then go ahead and go. But if you don't have an emergency, give me just a couple of minutes and I'm going to let you out of here. I want to ask you this morning, do you know peace? Do you know peace? If that's... If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I don't know peace. 
Would you slip your hand up? I'm not going to come back. We're not going to embarrass anybody. We're not going to do anything. Pastor, I don't know peace. Amen. God sees your hand. I want to ask you the second question this morning. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know Jesus, but I don't have peace. I don't have peace today. Would you raise your hand? I know Jesus, but I don't have peace today. So there were several that raised their hand this morning. And I want to give you just a few seconds this morning to find Jesus. And I want to ask you something. Are you sure about your relationship with Christ? Are you sure today He's your Lord and Savior. You might say, well, Pastor, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Well, let me me tell you, you can be sure right now. You don't have to come down to the front. You don't have to make any big uh, moves. But you do have to do this. You do have to say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I want to know that I know that you're my Savior. So right now, I accept you into my life. I repent of my sins. And I ask you to come right now. Save me. Restore me. You say, Pastor, is it that easy? Yes, it's that easy. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you need to let myself know or some of the ministers know in the church because we want to help you grow in your relationship with Christ but if you're here today and you say pastor I know I'm a Christian but I just can't seem to hold on to peace then I want you to examine two areas I want you to examine do I have a real relationship with Christ? Secondly, am I walking by faith? Am I believing by faith? 